Like we live in a world that says, if I work hard enough and if I try hard enough, I can do this myself. But by examining our conscience and by seeking those errors in the Lord, we're saying, I need your help in this relationship. I need your help in my inability to forgive this person. I need your help in this area of my purity. I'm going to be reliant on somebody else, and that's the Lord, for the healing that I I need in this. Have you seen the exorcism of Emily Rose? (laughs) No. (laughs) Yes. Not on the the podcast run sheet, but anyway, carry on. Yes. The You Disciple Podcast, where we explore the ins and outs of university life and unpack what it means to be a disciple on campus. Father JC, welcome. Sister, welcome. It's the You Disciple Podcast. Father JC, you've been ordained for two years. You're a priest of the Archdiocese. You've just taken up a new appointment here at the cathedral. At the cathedral. But before that, you were down in Geelong. That's right. And before that, I had some time with Father Nicholas in his first podcast days. During lockdown. So Father JC, you lived as a seminarian at at my parish during the first year of lockdowns. And we were doing live rosary and, and divine, mercy. divine mercy and divine office yep, for people online. You've come a long way since then. <laughs> yep, yep. What are you finding about your appointment here at the cathedral? What's what struck you already since you've moved into the cathedral? Well, the fraternal support. There's so many priests around, meet up and catch up and, and talk about life mm-hmm. as a priest. I think whereas in Geelong, there was, um, there was only a few of us over there in that end. And it was difficult to have like a priest fraternity. Also here at St. Pat's is the liturgy. It's amazing. And of course, one thing that there is a lot of here at the cathedral is the sacrament of confession. And confession is something that we can't, or we don't always speak about sort of openly because especially as priests, we we never want to put any doubt in the minds of, of our penitents that the seal is inviolable. So we don't delve into it from that perspective too much. Mm-hmm. Here at the cathedral, lots of confessions are heard on a daily basis. That's right. So it's a daily occurrence. Back in Geelong, it was once a week. It's the one thing that I say as a priest as well, that I really feel God's grace in my priesthood mm-hmm. is, is hearing the sacrament mm-hmm. of confession because you feel on a really deep level, the vulnerability of being there and your lack of worthiness of being there. But also I was often worried before ordination about the seal and what you would remember and things like that. But I can honestly say I come out of the confessional and really don't feel like I've been in the confessional. Um, so it's, it's, a real, um, it's a real priestly moment as well. Yeah, I guess. And also you're in a moment of grace where people are making a profound act of humility and love. So just being present in any time when that's happening is always very special. You're listening to the You Disciple podcast, where we put the you in disciple. So Father JC, we ask all of our first uh, timers, where do you think you put the you in disciple? Um, <laughs> university. Great. Ooh, universal. Yeah, it's yeah. great. Mm. University. Let's so, put disciples mm. in university instead of university in disciples. Exactly. It's mm. where you put the disciple in the you. Mm. That, yeah. So, no, university is one. And that was actually the original. Mm. But then it, it sort of grew a little bit. And it's like to you. University. You. Church. Anyone. <laughs> you. You disciple. Oh. Everyone disciples. But this is a university podcast, isn't it? Well, it's actually a bit broader. It's, it's anyone, really. Sister, oh. Sister's got a friend on the train who listens. Shout out yeah. to your train friend. Mm-hmm. She's lovely. Um, She's not Catholic. 
sister, he's the first one who's ever answered the question. He's actually, he's, he's concerned about getting the right answer. You did well. No, thanks. Yep. So yeah. we uh, decided to speak about confession this week because, Father JC, you've been writing a homily for this Sunday. That's right. So this Sunday's gospel uh, follows on from last week where we heard about the, the binding and loosing. Um, and this week we get the command of Jesus um, to forgive um, seven times, but se- not seven times, but 77 times. So that um, unbounded mercy. That's a lot of times. That's a lot of times. I'm about at 76 with you at the moment, Tracy. So just, just, just watch out. Okay, I have to do this because it's funny. I like how it says, how, much, how often should I forgive my brother? Interesting. I've been reading this book called Pardon and Peace by Father Francis Randolph. I don't know anything about him, but it's great. Um, but he talks about charity. He says, we have this catchphrase, oh, charity begins at home. He says, it's absolutely not true. Charity begins with strangers. He says, why don't you start trying to be charitable to outside before you, and then, and then you can be perfected in charity to actually love the people you're with all the time, which is the hardest mm-hmm. place to love. I love this line. He says, begin with the easy ones like Genghis Khan or Pol Pot and then work up to your mother-in-law. <laughs> But like charity, yeah. um, Forgiving your brother seventy times, seven times is much more difficult than forgiving some stranger. Yeah, and I think we probably experience that in the confessional. Yeah, and we get lots of people who come who want forgiveness but who can't themselves forgive. Yeah, and I think that that then can sometimes affect how we then see God's forgiveness for us. Sure. Like our wounded human nature and our those wounded relationships with people around us mm. then flow into how we see God. Working on that forgiveness, I think, is a really important thing. Mm-hmm. And not only seeking it, but being willing to go and try to be a forgiving person. Well, it's a command, mm. but it's not easy. Yeah. No. To add on to that, I think also forgiving oneself for the past things that they've done mm. is also quite difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's probably the most closest you're going to get to another person is uh, your own life. What about forgiveness in terms of, like sometimes we have a burden of, I want to forgive this person. I've gone and brought it to the Lord, but I still, does forgiveness mean I now need to stay near that person? Or is that always, recon- like, can you always reconcile a friendship in that way? Or, do you know what I mean? There's that line of... Mm. Um, just because it's, I still have an emotional reaction when the person walks in the room. Does that mean I haven't forgiven them? You know, or that's a really good question. That, that's <laughs> my line. That's, my <laughs> that's a really good question, and especially the reality that it's going to be like that. Some people think that once I've forgiven you, or once that that forgiveness is given, attitudes will change and things just magically. Feelings and emotions magically disappear, but that's not the case. Right. It takes a long time. I liken it to contrition mm. and how when we're coming to the sacrament of confession, um, we often think we need to have perfect contrition. Mm. But what the Lord actually just desires of us is contrition or imperfect contrition. That's enough. Mm. And that there be a desire for perfect contrition, but imperfect contrition is enough. Mm. Uh, and I think that that can be the same with forgiveness. It's like, okay, it can be imperfect as long as the desire is for perfect forgiveness yeah. in time. Mm-hmm. And so I often say to people in the confessional, like, that's what the Lord asks of you. Like, mm-hmm. do you wish it? It may not be there yet, but you've got to want for it and you've got to pray for it because ultimately it will be God's grace that brings mm-hmm. that 
that full healing about in his time. Mm -hmm. But you've got to desire it. Otherwise, it will will never come. I think also, though, that you can have true profound contrition and still have emotional repercussions that are not sinful. Uh, It's not a gap in your sense of sorrow for it. It's just reality. It's just human reality. And so that will just heal over time. Uh, Yeah. But you've got to desire the healing. Yeah. And I like, I use the example with people about walking the Camino, walking a pilgrimage, like you only get in trouble when you're on a pilgrimage, if you stop and stand still for too long. Mm-hmm. And it's it's the same in the spiritual life. There's got to be that desire for it to come. Yeah. Once we get stuck in a, okay, well, this is just who I am. Sure. Um, and I've forgiven them in my heart, but I just can, I can never be, I can never be friends with them again. Mm-hmm. Or it will never be the same. That may be true. Yeah, might be. But the Lord wants a desire in your heart that it not be true. Yeah. That you want their good and yeah. that you, yeah, you don't continue to, like that resentment, right? That's the trap of I keep going over what they've done and now I'm responsible for that. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I get stuck and they're moved on. Yeah. Father JC? I'm just taking notes. Ah. <laughs> hum- humbly prep for Sunday. <laughs> you said it so well in terms of the, our desire for true genuine forgiveness because the lord is the one who gives us perfect forgiveness we try to imitate that but we're still humans yeah so the sacrament then yes where forgiveness is a very broad topic mm-hmm. and there's a, there's a a 10 week course that we could run on it the catechism gives us it breaks it down into four parts that first being contrition the need to have contrition for our sins what advice do you have for young people for uni students for anyone about fostering that spirit of contrition in their life when we do things there's always that sense that it's actually i did something wrong and you can either entertain the shame and the guilt but if you entertain more so that i want to be a better person from that and I want to do better. And then I think that's where real contrition lies is that I want to be a better person than I was. I want to do better in that situation and I don't want to fall again. I think that's something that a person can foster if they want to approach the sacrament of penance. For me, it's, I use the example in the confessional. Yesterday we celebrated the feast of the triumph of the cross and it's it's a reminder to us that Jesus went to the cross to save us from our sins. If we're admitting that we have sin, all we're doing is that we're admitting that we need we need the Lord in our life. And the longer we stay away from the sacrament of confession or we refuse to examine our conscience, we're, all we're really saying is I don't need the Lord in my life or in these moments of my life and I can do it myself. And the more we try to do it on our own, the more we end up getting ourselves in a bit of a mess. So by examining our conscience and by identifying those times where we have failed, those times where we have fallen, all we're really admitting is the need of the Lord. Like that's very counterintuitive. Like we live in a world that says if I work hard enough and if I try hard enough, I can do this myself. But by examining our conscience and by seeking those errors in the Lord, we're saying, I need your help in this relationship. I need your help in my inability to forgive this person. I need your help in this area of my purity. I ne- I'm going to be reliant on somebody else, and that's the Lord, for the healing that I, I need in this in this space. Have you seen the exorcism of Emily Rose? <laughs> no. <laughs> yes. Well, I think... <laughs> 
not on the not on the podcast run sheet, but anyway, carry on. Yeah. Yes. One of the things that the priest says is that if you if uh, maybe it's the conjury. I'm not sure. No, good. Well, well, one of the things that they say is that if you name the demon, it loses power over you. Mm-hmm. I think if we admit that we've done something wrong, it sort of just loses its power over us. And I think, um, and in confessing that, I think it it loses that hold um, that it has on us, the vice or the sin, or at least loosens. Oh yeah, loosens. Oh yeah, I love that. <laughs> when I prepare for confession, it's one of my favorite moments because I found confession really helpful for growing. And part of it is it's like a sit down. How are we doing? You know, me and the Lord. It, it, confession to me is I want to grow in my relationship with Him, and I don't want anything to get in the way. And so, what you're examining is that love, that relationship, and and so then contrition is I'm sorry, I'm sorry to you because you deserve all of my love, and I've really love this other thing, you know, more in different ways. Um, or I've denied your love to the neighbour or I felt you calling me to this and whatever it is, you know. Um, so I love that um, as a composition of place, okay, or when I'm prepping. The other thing that I found really helpful over time is St. Catherine of Siena because I think we can either fall in two different ways. We can either be um, presumptuous, I don't need anything, or we can fall into despair. And so as a counter to that, she says, when we're looking at ourselves to see ourselves in truth, that we should never look at ourselves by ourselves. We should always look with the Lord at our life. So gazing with him. And that really helps to temper and to put in the right perspective of what am I examining here? My perfection? No, I'm, I'm, we're looking in the gaze of love. And I think both of those points make it really clear that this has to happen long before you, you get in. into the, the yeah. confessional line. Yeah. And we've spoken about this in multiple um, podcasts around the idea of living a, an examined life. Mm. Like how in my how in my life am I reflecting on my relationship with the Lord and how, how that's going? So it isn't just about sitting down with a, a list. Now mm. the list can be helpful and we're not, I'm not saying don't use a list, but it's not just about checking off a checklist, but do I daily have time to examine that relationship mm-hmm. and and where where I where it is going well and where it's not, where I've let him down, where I need to ask his assistance or grace. That that sort of daily process mm-hmm. should then feed into a much more deep and integral confession. Yeah, because it, it says, no, I want to love you more than all this other stuff that's been taking me away from your love. You know, either your invitations to deeper love or whatever. Um, Fidelity. We could do a whole. We could do a four-part series on contrition, confession, absolution, satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Because just on confession, any any tips for for newcomers? Well, now, this is really your domain. <laughs> right. and, and I think that sometimes it says, oh, you know, if you don't know what you do to do in confession, or if it's been a while, just go in and ask the priest, and yep. and he'll help you. And he'll you're like, I've you. seen that written going. Yeah. Who's going to do that? And what happens when you do that? What well, what would a priest do if someone came in and said, I really have no idea what I'm doing. Can you help yeah. me? What do you do? Well, it's it's those cases where they haven't been to confession for a long time and they've, they've forgotten the process. So you just guide them through. Yeah. And what, the way I do it is that I guide them through the relationships that are most important to them. Mm. And one of them is uh, with the Lord, not attending mass, for example, on Sundays or holidays of obligation, uh, using the Lord's name in vain. And then we go down to other relationships, which are more closer. Mm-hmm. If they have a spouse, mm-hmm. if they have, if they live in a family, if they, if they go to school, if they have 
work. Um, and that follows on to the, the Ten Commandments about uh, honouring the mother and father, not stealing, not mm. killing, <laughs> and not, not being covetous. Then uh, about the self, so um, mm-hmm. in your own personal life, how can you improve? Mm. Or what are the things that um, you would like to confess that you know is morally wrong about your own personal life? So, so get yourself to the cathedral, and Father JC will help you. <laughs> but, but like you said before, when it comes to preparation, it's good to prepare, to meditate, and to you know genuinely have things that you could confess. Mm. I think a couple of really practical points is. Be concise and clear. Mm-hmm. Don't God already knows. Yeah. The priest doesn't care. <laughs> about the about. circumstances. So like you're speaking with the Lord. Mm-hmm. So just speak clearly. Presume you're talking to a friend who already knows what you're about to tell them. Mm-hmm. Being concise is really helpful. And I think that's helpful, especially in our examination, mm-hmm. because sometimes we can tend to try to justify things to ourselves, and then try to justify them to the Lord mm-hmm. where what he's just asking of us is mm-hmm. a willingness to admit and make that purpose of amendment. Can I say there's a good analogy for that in here? Yeah. It talks about when you go to the doctor, you don't diagnose yourself. You just go in and present your symptoms. And I That's thought that great. was a great little analogy. The other one, and this is a f- if, if any young person has been to a talk up at St. Mary's with Melbourne with Father Anthony Pernal, they will have heard this analogy, but he speaks about the importance of emptying your pocket of the large pebbles first. Yes. Mm-hmm. He said, imagine you've walked down a road and you, you've been carrying a big boulder um, and then your pockets are filled with pebbles. He's like, when you get to the end of the road, what do you drop first? Mm. You don't hold on to the boulder and then start emptying this. He's like, you drop the boulder first. And uh, I think that's a great analogy for the confessional. Like, don't don't be afraid just to drop the boulder while you're really there and yep. then fill it out with any of the other things rather than gentle, 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 and then boom, oh, and yeah. boom at the end. Yeah. So I think yeah. like, be, be honest with the Lord, <laughs> remembering that he sees all. And he knows all. I think the only other thing for me is just being conscious of the difference between the sacrament of confession and spiritual direction. If you want to have a conversation at length with a priest yeah. about a matter, do that face to face. It's better for you. It's better for him. And also better for anybody else who's in the line mm-hmm. in the confessional. <laughs> that's right. Um, if you want a two in one though, like. <laughs> make a time to see a priest. That's right. You have to book an appointment. Outside, <laughs> outside, of, the, outside of the line. So we've got confession. Uh, Contrition, confession, then of course there's absolution. Okay. Which is the the first two are acts of the penitent. Mm-hmm. And then we've obviously got the act of, of Christ through his minister. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm gonna get feedback from the penitent. Okay. I love it when the priest when I can hear him say the words. Nice. It really helps because I want to hear that I'm absolved. That's right. I'm, but I think that it's quite a beautiful prayer. Yeah, it's lovely. Like it's it outlines sort of that sort of the salvation that yeah. has been won for us through, and the uh, the line I love is um, I'm trying to remember <laughs> the mercies for the death sent the Holy Spirit among us for the forgiveness of sins. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I just this I don't know why, but that, that I think for me especially it's that reminder that it's the Spirit working through the church now mm-hmm. and through the priesthood. It's not the priest forgiving sins, but yeah. it's it's the same Holy Spirit. That was cast onto the apostles. That has been passed down for for centuries. It's that same spirit that works through the priest now um, in in the act of absolution. I think there was one image which was very powerful, and where um, 
Pope Francis was going to confession and the cameraman took a photo of him going to confession. <laughs> I think one of the beautiful things as a priest is um, is asking um, another priest to hear my confession yeah. Yeah. and vice versa. It's such mm-hmm. a powerful experience mm-hmm. um, because it's, I don't know, it, it's something profound that I have only experienced as a priest was yeah. um, this relationship, fraternal relationship between two clerics and one forgiving the other. So, And I think it's one thing that people need to remember. If, if they're anxious about going to confession, remember that priests have to go to confession too. <laughs> And mm-hmm. it's often a bit harder yeah. for us, mm-hmm. like, to find another priest who's got, like, and generally that happens in car parks. <laughs> and sort of, because it's like, well, this is, this is are. my, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm in my parish on a Sunday, Father JC's in his parish. Like, it was Saturday night, we're all hearing confessions at the same time. So it's like, okay, when do I get to go? Like, mm-hmm. it's generally in a car park right. or yeah. after a meeting. And so we have to stump up the courage mm-hmm. to say to another priest, hey, will you hear my confession? So yeah. if you are anxious, if you are thinking, I don't know, or what if he recognises my voice? Okay, we don't mm-hmm. for starters, but remember that we have to overcome that um, as penitents as well. Mm-hmm. So the final one is obviously then satisfaction, that final movement or step of the sacrament, satisfaction, restitution, yeah. penance. Are you a tough do you give tough penances here at the Cathedral of Father JC? I give just. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen all the people walking up and down with like billboards. No, no. <laughs> no. Well, you know, it's it's beautiful in the sense that like the Lord has the one who's really made up for our sins. And so we're really leaning into him. But That's right. it's helpful to think that. I found a, um, a very... It's sort of related indulgences, for example. Okay, so they're kind of related with this whole penance thing. When in the old days when the penances were really extreme mm. and um, so then there was this whole idea of indulgence. And what was interesting that I didn't know was in the early church, someone who had a big, huge penance to fulfill would go to one of the Christians who was locked up on the way to martyrdom and ask them, will you offer your martyrdom for my salvation? Oh, <laughs> like, for, like to make it for my sins. And they'd write a letter and they'd bring it back to the bishop and the bishop would accept it. Like, yeah, your penance is fulfilled. Now you can be reconciled. <laughs> I did not know that. No, it was in this no. book. I was like, wow. But then see what happens is the martyrs started running out or like they didn't know it was happening. And so we had to find other ways. <laughs> so then the indulgence sort of thing took a different journey. But in, I like the way that even we, we as a church – help each other um, heal from sin too. Like we do our own penances, but also we can undertake, we can offer our own sufferings also for the healing of our brothers and sisters. And I think for me in that final phase of the sacrament, it's not only about doing the penance, but it is that, purpose of amendment yeah. that that my desire to to change my is life action the penance that we do in the church or the the small thing we do is actually only a symbol yeah. of our decision to start again mm-hmm. and to to set out on the journey which can be hard sometimes especially if people are feeling a bit weighed down by habitual sin have you got any advice for people who come out of the confessional going but i'm just going to be back next week or i'm just going to be back in a couple of days this thing has a hold on me or i i'm i'm never going to get better 
I gave a homily yesterday on, on triumph of the cross. The Lord saves us not um, just as individuals, but also as as a people that He loves. And so we live in a shared existence. And so if we ask for help, not just at the confessional, but if we keep on asking for help, ask for people's support for for their prayers, I think it just makes life a little bit more easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that whole idea of you find yourself confessing the same sins, does that mean I'm not really sorry? It might, but it might also just be that the Lord leaves you with some things that are just sort of woven into your character that are always going to be difficult for you. And this is going to be an area of weakness. I love this because he said, can you imagine what the opposite would be like? You come back to confession every week and you've got something completely different. <laughs> like, what sort of strange world are we in? And he talks about this, like, it's like sweeping. He says, you sweep your house, it's always the same kind of dust. You know, if you leave it there for a long time, you're going to get a whole weird thing, you know. Or when you go to the garden, you're trying to grow a garden, you're pulling out, it's the same kind of weeds. You just, just keep pulling them out and God will make the rest grow. This is the You Disciple podcast. For more information on what's happening on a campus near you, go to udisciple.melbournecatholic.org. Well, that's our whistle stop tour through uh, the Sacrament of Confession. Thanks for joining us, Father JC. Thank you, Father Nick. Uh, Father JC, Thanks here's confessions that. at the cathedral on a daily basis. <laughs> that's <laughs> 12 right. o'clock? Yeah, it's nearly there. Um, yeah. <laughs> feel free to pop in and see him. But there's lots of places around our city that here's confession, that have confessions available. So yeah. I think the, the, the messages go. Like go, go, yes. go regularly, yes. trust yourself to the Lord, mm-hmm. um, seek his His healing, mm-hmm. and then... Be, Grow in love for him. Yeah, mm-hmm. and be a conduit of that exactly. healing and forgiveness in the world. So you can be a you disciple. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> well done. <laughs> plenty of stuff happening around at the moment. Big one, if you're listening in, in the next week, is John Pridmore and the Archbishop are leading Holy Hour at the Cathedral next Thursday night. So, right. And plenty of confessions will be available <laughs> that evening. Uh, but otherwise, plenty of other great stuff happening. So check out the website and social media and all the rest. Thanks, sister. Thank you. Thanks, Father JC. Thank you. God bless. Whether you've been listening to us on the tram, in the library, or on your way to class, thanks for listening to this week's You Disciple podcast. Share, like, and subscribe, and we hope to see you on and around campus. The Disciple Podcast is a production of the Catholic Archdiocese of Melbourne.